0: So our next witness is Elizabeth Galvin. And Elizabeth, um, I'll ask you to start by stating your full name and spelling your first and last name for the record.
1: My name's Elizabeth Galvin and it's E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H and Galvin is G-A-L-V-I-N.
0: And I'll also ask you uh, to move the microphone a little closer because you have a soft voice. (coughs) And (laughs) I'll ask uh, if you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth today. I will. Now, you're here um, to share, actually, a a very sad story about three different um, young ladies. And so can you share with the commissioners um, what, what I'm referring to?
1: My daughter, Danielle, died by suicide in January 2022, a day after her 20th birthday. The week before that, another second-year student at the University of Guelph died by suicide. They didn't know each other. At the time, the University of Guelph administration had closed their campus to in-person learning, campus activities, even though the university had mandated students be fully vaccinated before starting school that year, their decision followed Doug Ford's decision. So to
0: I, I'm going to just ask you not not to read and. Sorry. <coughs> and yeah. I had you were going to tell us about three young three young people.
1: Yep, that same week, a 20-year-old um, young woman in Mississauga named Sur- Suri. She also died by suicide, alone in her apartment. Because at the time, we, uh, our province was locked down again for, uh, Doug Ford's administration said, two weeks, and then maybe three weeks, maybe longer. So that was the um, atmosphere when these three young women died by suicide.
0: Now- Um, Just so that the audience and the commissioners understand these three young women basically would have been of the same cohort graduating from high school at the same time?
1: Yes so in March 2020 when it all started these girls were all um, in their last year of high school. Um, Now Grace who was in second year university uh, at the same time that my daughter was she was from the U.S., but Surrey um, was from Ontario, from Mississauga, and um, so they were, um, the high schools, if you remember back to March 2020, all the schools were closed, um, just slammed shut one day. And the grade, tw- they, so these grade 12s um, finished um, the last three and a half months of their school year um, learning virtually, but after a couple of months they had almost no instruction, um, Because and, and so what the teachers did was they used their marks to date up, up to March 2020 to figure out their final marks. These were the kids that were preparing to go to post-secondary school in the fall. So. Their last year of high school, they had no prom, no graduation, no grade 12, end of year, end of high school uh, trip, nothing. There was nothing for these kids. They had an online graduation. So we tried to make it as fun as possible, but.
0: How how did your daughter respond to it? Because I just, I know that. Like, I had a daughter, and she was so excited about the high school graduation and planning parties with her friends and the dress and the whole thing. How did uh, Danielle respond to basically losing out on something that most young ladies look forward to for years?
1: Well, um, she was sad about it. It was isolating. We were all very isolated at the time, if you remember. And um, so we just had a family... um, you know, event. We watched it on. It was a virtual graduation. The school did uh, a video and they, and they streamed it and we watched that. Um, but she was thinking ahead to the fall and we all thought that by September things would be back to normal, so we just tried to concentrate on looking ahead. Um,
0: so in, in March when they're, they're closing down the high schools, Danielle had to be making a decision right around then about the following year, didn't she?
1: Yeah, I think February 1st is the deadline to apply for post-secondary. Going into the summer, though, um, there were not a lot of jobs for these kids because so many businesses were shut down, as um, Catherine talked about. She was actually looking forward to working at um, Ford, where her uh, late father had worked for 20-something years and that would have helped her to save money for post-secondary, but they weren't hiring students that year, so she had two minimum wage jobs, but one of them um, was at a dry cleaners, and it closed down. So she, could only, she only had a one minimum wage job, but June 1st is an important date.
0: That's when she had to make a decision.
1: So June 1st is the deadline for grade 12s, was that year, um, for the grade 12s to accept offers from universities. So... At that time, the universities had um, uh, announced their intentions for September, what it was going to look like, whether it would be virtual learning or in-person learning, and more importantly, whether their residences would be open. So residence is such an important um, part of going to a way to school, to spread your wings and meet other people and, you know, mature. So McMaster announced they wouldn't open their residences. Queens announced that they would open their residences, but only to single rooms. So those first-year kids knew that they may or may not get a room at Queens. Western University and Guelph University um, announced that they would open their residences fully. So on June 1st, by midnight, we had to make a decision. Danielle and her sister and I sat there going back and forth. Uh, Danielle's older sister was going into fourth year at Western. So Danielle couldn't decide between Western and Guelph. But a really important part of that decision was residence. And um, she decided on Guelph. So that was that. Two days later, Guelph University came back and said, "Nope, we're not opening our residences. So what happens when you accept an offer through the central application center is all the other offers are rescinded. So, so um, I, uh, uh, so they, so what these kids were accepting and buying—they were buying an education. They weren't going to get the product that they thought they were going to get, and it was two days after that de- that very important deadline. So I started, I called the university. I called my MPP. I called the Minister of Colleges and Universities. I'm like, can they do this? Um, when I talked to somebody at the University of Guelph, they told me that the Wellington Dufferin Guelph Health Unit advised them not to open their residences. So they didn't. I don't know why the, the, the Wellington Dufferin Guelph Health Unit was running Guelph University, but Apparently, that was it.
0: So, And the min-
1: Minister of Colleges and Universities went to my MPP, Effie Trantafilopoulos, and she um, talked to the Minister on my behalf, Raymond Romano, and we were told... I'm,
0: I'm going to ask you not to read, please. Sorry. Um,
1: that, they, that the Ministry does not usually interfere with the operations of colleges and universities. So, no I, standard.
0: So... Basically, it was a bait and switch for Danielle. So she chose Wealth because they were representing that the residences would be open and she could have that experience. She chooses. As soon as you choose, that's it. You're pulled out of the system. She couldn't choose to go to Western after that. And then two days later, after her choice, they basically say they're closing the residence. Now, you fought and fought and fought and got her into residence, but it it wasn't normal residence, was it?
1: I got a group of parents together, and we, um, you know, lobbied the university and uh, got a a meeting with one of the vice provosts, lovely woman. And um, uh, uh, some of the the kids in that group of families that we were talking with each other, um, some of them just said they're not going to go to... First year. They're going to postpone it a year. Some uh, students uh, tried to get into other schools. Some of them were successful, right. some of them weren't.
0: Liz, it's just I'm looking at the clock and we have six minutes. So I want you to focus okay. on Danielle's experience when she went. Okay, in so September, September 2020, 2020,
1: first year university was like this no frosh week, no clubs or sports, no, um, uh, no in person classes, it was virtual, no varsity sports. But no discount on any of the fees. They paid their full fees to go. Residence itself, they had two kids in, she was in Lennox Addington, two kids at this end of the hall, two kids way at the other end of the hall. It was like the Shining Hotel. Long, dimly lit hallway with closed, locked, unmarked doors, only two kids to a bathroom. The cafeteria and theirs were closed, in, in that residence was closed. But education delivery was even worse. Four out of five of my daughter's professors did not deliver a virtual lecture. They basically sent them emails, um, told them what to read, told them what book to buy and read. And, you know, the test is on Thursday. Good luck. Uh, So they were she was forced to do a lot of self-learning. No no, no discount on tuition. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. By comparison, Western University, where my other daughter was going, that school mandated that their professors provide a virtual lecture to their students. All the profs had to do that, and they did. So, And it was much better. And their residences were fully functional, and everybody was fine.
0: Liz, what happened in November 2020?
1: In November 2020, while Danielle was living in this bleak residence, just it was so just Tensville. She attempted suicide. She left a a message to a friend who found her. Anyways, was rushed to Guelph Hospital. I get a call, my other daughter and I, um, because she was learning virtually as well, so she was at home. We went running up there, and the hospital wouldn't let me in because of COVID. They wouldn't let me in. My 18-year-old daughter is in a life-or-death situation, and they wouldn't let me in, and they would barely talk to me. They couldn't talk to me and tell me what was going on because she was 18. So I didn't know what to do. We stood in that parking lot at 3 in the morning. Just anyways, eventually we went home, but nobody would talk to me about and tell me what to do and give me some guidance. So they released her. In less than 72 hours, I've since obtained the file from the hospital. Every every time they could check it off, it said "danger to herself, danger to herself, danger to herself." Yet they released her. I just I don't know why. I've I've had I've, I've made calls into them. I'm not finished talking to them yet, but they could have put her into an inpatient program called Homewood, and they didn't. So. Christmas comes. She comes home. She decides she's going to move out of that residence. She's going to move to another residence. At the time, Guelph was slowly bringing kids into the residences one by one, but there was only a few hundred students on, on campus. It wasn't a lot.
0: And, and Liz, you're, can, I, can I get you to stop looking at your notes?
1: I, I know you 're nervous I just, I, I, but I'll forget. Um, so she moved into East residence, which are townhouses that can house four kids, but it was just her and one other um, student in this residence at the time um, so this the campus is still really quiet and sort of dead, and um, the campus police were given um, the authority to give out tickets to students who were out of line. At the time, there were various um, rules, if you remember. All the different regions had different rules of gatherings. You could have five. You could have ten. You could be inside. You could be outside. So it was very confusing. She turned 19 in January and celebrated her 19th birthday with one other kid. So two weeks later, one of the rules changed. It did in our area. We could have five people. So they had... a. A get together, a party, as people do, um, with five students. The campus police gave them all COVID fines of $880 each. Very stressful. They didn't know how they were going to pay this, so that, that was very, very stressful. Um, so, uh, first year ends. They come home for the summer. She comes home for the summer. Uh, same situation, same job situation. So many things were closed. She couldn't get um, a very good job. She's working, you know, a minimum wage job again, and, um, and then, oh, and then the kids have to look for someone to room with in second year. So the difficulty was, you know, forty over 4,000 kids are learning virtually, so it's hard to meet other people. So most of these kids just had to answer an online ad, roll the dice, and move in with somebody in September. Um, Her friend that she was supposed to move in with um, hated University of Guelph so much um, that she quit and transferred to Windsor and where she could live at home because it was just so depressing there. And all the while, the media is bombarding us all with this, all these cases, everyone's sick, uh, and, and, you know, just causing all this fear and stress and anxiety. And it just, it did not help her mental health or the other two girls. So um, um you know, it, 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 uh, so september oh, second year yes yeah, so
0: so September um, what happens there so she moves in with somebody she, so in second
1: um, year she moves into a house with um a so a family friend whose um son was off campus um he needed a room he he moves in there and then two more people move in who are strangers um so not ideal um and then um they uh, they did uh, uh, in person classes resumed sports resumed um, varsity sports started up again but she wasn't the same it her the the last year and a half had taken such a toll on her mental health um, that uh, looking back now I can see it did on me too I mean I took a, a leave of absence from work I, just from stress and. I was trying to find ways to help her because um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't get any guidance from these health professionals. And so, but I can see now looking back that she'd given up at that point. So September, um, she's um, in school and, and classes are, are on, but we were always under the threat of, it might close down again. It might close down if the numbers go up. Blah. So um in December, uh, we, it was, we, we got vaccinated. We were fully vaccinated. And in, so Christmas was spent not with family because I caught Omicron. So, but my two daughters, living in the same house, didn't catch it and we were all fully vaccinated, so I, I don't know, that's when I caught it. So we didn't see our family again. That was the third year in a row we didn't have Christmas with our family.
0: Can I, can so, I just stop you just so people understand? So Danielle came home for Christmas to be mm-hmm. with, with the family, but because you had COVID, you guys couldn't spend Christmas with the family.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the media was, um, they say the numbers were ramping up, and Omicron, and uh, don't be around people, and so to be safe... We didn't go and get together with our family.
0: And were you guys able to be with family the year before at Christmas? No. So this is the second year in a
1: row. It was actually the third year, but that's because one of my um, brothers-in-law was uh, not well. And and that's when the rumors of COVID were starting in December 2019.
0: So what happened in January then of 2022?
1: So January, she... Oh, January... (laughs) The government locked us down again, and the University of Guelph followed suit right away. Even though these kids were all fully vaccinated, healthy, young people, they shut it down again, and I wrote to everyone. I wrote to the Minister of Health. I wrote to the university. I wrote to my MPP. I wrote to... um, many people. I wrote to the provost, Charlotte Yates, right. I'm, and I'm just going to
0: stop you about that and tell us about, like, just focus on Danielle, not the what, what you did for the university. And, and I'm sorry, it's partly because we're out of time, but I also want you to um, focus on the story. So in January, basically things are shut down again, and you're telling us, but at the University of Guelph, you had to be fully vaccinated.
1: And, and to be fully uh, vaccinated to go to school that year, twenty twenty one, twenty two, um, but they closed the campus down anyway. And, and how, t-
0: how did Danielle respond to that?
1: Well, she was isolated. They were isolated. they in their rooms, you know, in this house with um, three other students who were just as isolated. You could see them. They were just—they were so withdrawn and. Um, so she just, you know, when you're alone in a room and you're by yourself and it's, you have a lot of time to think and it just would have been better if they had been on campus and doing things and being with other people. And they needed it at that point They're you know, um, all, all of the kids. So on January 17th, while the students were learning virtually, The University of Guelph called a snow day and canceled classes. A week later, they were still not allowed back in the classrooms, and that's when uh, we lost Danielle.
0: Now, you've you've thought about this a lot, and, and we're trying to ask all witnesses how things could have been done differently, and I think you have a special insight into how young people were affected by this. And so please tell us your thoughts on how you think things could have been done better or differently
1: um, Well, the stats that came out do you mean the stats that I found you
0: I you can tell me whatever you want about how, how you think things should be done differently
1: Well, um, as early as 2021 um, I read an article that um, anorexia cases were had doubled. Um, suicidal um, thoughts had tripled. Forty percent of parents observed a deterioration in their children's behavior and mood. Sixty percent of parents met the criteria for depression themselves. Opioid deaths were up eighty percent, um, and sorry, eating disorder uh, program referrals were up ninety percent from the year before. Now, so
0: these these types of things you were reading did they match what you were seeing with Danielle and her friends?
1: Um, they did in my case, and then, you know, part of it is sort of looking back and just knowing that, you know, three young girls, two 20-year-olds and, an, and a 19-year-old committed suicide in January. They were so distraught. They just couldn't go on any further. I mean, <sighs> that's evidence that it, these lockdowns, they didn't work. They, they hurt people. And that can't happen again. And yes, I have some recommendations that I'd like to make, if I could. Number one, I think the Canadian media fund needs to be abolished. I think that the media um, was not report the way they reported. The numbers weren't percentages of people or ages of people. It was just these numbers, these high numbers all the time. And it, it created a lot of fear and panic and anxiety. Um, Um, Number two, family members must not be barred from entering a public hospital when their loved one is in a life-or-death situation, no matter what. A perfectly healthy person like me should not have been locked out of that hospital that day. I would have been able to talk to those professionals and gotten some advice on what to do, and if a person is deemed a danger to themselves by medical professionals in a hospital, they should not be released. Number three, I think the federal government should come up with a Bill of Rights for Canadian students that guarantees a certain standard of education services that they are paying for. <laughs> and if they're, be, if they're not going to get what they're paying for, they should get some of their fees back. Number four: The unelected bureaucrats in local public health units should not be allowed to dictate everything that happens in our society. Without public input and debate, businesses and colleges and universities are considered businesses and, and must be allowed and, to make their own decisions.
0: And Elizabeth. I'm do you have just one more because we're, so, we're so over more. time? Okay, I do. one I
1: do. Young, healthy people can't be shut out of schools as long as they were ever again. When it became evident that young people were not at great risk, but they were suffering mentally, and then especially after they were vaccinated, they should have been allowed to go back to in-person learning. It's proven that these lockdowns affected their mental health, social and educational development, and we're still feeling the effects today.
0: Thank you. Commissioners, do you have any questions of Elizabeth? Smith? Elizabeth, thank you for sharing your story. I know that took a lot of courage. And uh, on behalf of the National Citizens' Inquiry, we thank you for your testimony.
1: Thank you for having us.